Today I'm joined by Val Gooding, who is a non-executive director to the BBC's executive board. Val was the chief executive of Booper from 1998 to 2008, and she previously spent 20 years working for British Airways in a variety of posts, which included head of cabin services, head of marketing and director of Asia Pacific. She was awarded the CBE for services to business in the 2002 New Year's Honours List, and today she receives an honorary Doctor of Laws. So congratulations on receiving your honorary degree. Um, what does this mean to you? Thank you. Well, it's a terrific honour because, of course, I graduated with my first degree from Warwick, so it's very, very nice to be honoured in this way. And it's certainly something that when I graduated, I would never have dreamt of. We would have laughed if we'd thought I would have been in that sort of category. So it's a great day for me. Thank you. Um, so tell me what you're, what you're doing at the moment. What, what sort of things are you involved with? Right, well, I spent um, most of my career in British Airways and then at Booper, where I was chief executive. And I stepped down from Booper last year. And now I'm doing a portfolio of different directorships on boards. So I do um, three, three boards and uh, I do cultural institution, a couple of cultural institutions as pro bono work and I'm also involved in sports through the Lawn Tennis Association. Um, you studied French at university. Um, how important is our languages to higher education? I think languages are extremely important in higher education and I really hope that we see them promoted and invested in in future. And certainly in my own career in business, it's been very important um, in the most unexpected ways. So, for example, um, when British Airways acquired an airline in France at one stage, after 20 years of not being interested in me speaking French fluently, suddenly I was on the board in France and it was really important to have somebody with, with really good language skills. And then secondly, um, the company where I was chief executive, Booper, we had a very large subsidiary in Spain. It's the second largest health insurer in Spain, a company called Sanitas, extremely well regarded. And when I first went to their board meetings, I realised I would have to learn Spanish because although they were quite happy to conduct everything in English, they would have little asides in Spanish, which they knew I couldn't understand. So I learned Spanish and it was enormously useful. It meant I could give speeches in Spanish. I could communicate with my um, employees, and my management team in Spain in Spanish. And it gained me and um, the company a lot more respect and helped us to understand the business a lot better. So I think to be able to speak the language, even if everyone tells you in the country, oh, no, it's OK, we speak English, don't worry about that, um, it, it gets you a better dimension of understanding and knowledge of your business affairs if you do actually speak the language well. How important are the relationships between higher education and the private health sector? and how can they benefit each other? Well, I, I, I like to think of the health sector as one because there is a huge amount of cooperation, often sort of not really very well understood, between the public sector and the private sector in all health systems around the world and particularly in the UK. So there's a lot of crossover, there's a lot of cooperation, there's a lot of people pursuing careers in the private sector and then switching to the public sector and so on. And a lot of the skills that are needed to work successfully in the health sector, either private or public, are shared between the two sectors. I think higher education can can do a lot to improve understanding, particularly in terms of international comparators. 
because one of the things we don't hear a lot about in the UK is what happens in other health systems around the world. And often what we do hear is incredibly superficial and even wrong. <laughs> so I think one of the things we can do to improve our own health systems, both in the public and private sectors, is to have a much better, more informed and intelligent understanding of what happens in other countries. And a lot of what happens in other countries is better than what happens here. So we could learn a lot. Um, Gordon Brown lately came in for some criticism of having too few women in senior positions of government. Um, what's your opinion on this? Well, Gordon Brown's been a great champion of women in senior positions throughout public life and especially in government. So I think it's a bit, a bit tough because he has used his position often, particularly when he was Chancellor, to try and press for more women, for example, on places like the Court of the Bank of England and important places like that. Um, I am a merit person, <laughs> so I believe that um, uh, women should get their chance, we should have a level playing field, we should have absolutely equality of opportunity, but after that it really is up to us. We've got to prove ourselves and we've got to compete and we've got to go for the opportunities. So I would be disappointed if we ever go into a system where we have to have quotas of women because I think that's patronising to women and it sort of assumes that we can't get there on our own merit. Um, so I think it's a little bit unfortunate that Gordon Brown gets that criticism, but on the other hand, senior role models, women in powerful positions being successful, are very, very important for encouraging other women. And I think all of us that have been successful have got a, got a duty to do that, really. What do you think of British Airways' recent cost-cutting measures? British Airways, well, the aviation industry is one of the toughest industries to work in. And, you know, there's this very famous quotation that um, more money has been lost in the aviation sector in the last four years or something than has ever been made. It's never been particularly great for shareholders in terms of building long-term shareholder value. And the reason for that is when airlines are at the top of the economic cycle, when the, then they can make a lot of money or a reasonable return on their on their investment but when they're at the bottom of the cycle they always lose money and we're at the bottom of the economic cycle at the moment or we hope it's the bottom we hope there's not a further plunge to go so BA have got nowhere to go they're a legacy airline in other words they're created a long time ago they have to cut their costs if they're going to survive and I think um, they have been very, very um, courageous in trying to, um, to uh, go for the things that really have been around as problems for the company for a long, long time, but need to be fixed. And that means they have to look at every single cost they've got. And one of their biggest costs is their, their employee costs, their labour costs, and they've got to look at ways of being more efficient. So um, I admire their... Uh, their courage in, um, and their determination in going for those things. And I would predict that P BA will survive um, this current recession and will come out stronger and leaner. But there will probably be some, some turbulent times in, in that process. And finally, do you think the aviation industry are doing enough to tackle the problem of climate change? Well, they'll have to do more. That, that's obvious, although I think sometimes there's a very unfair focus on the amount of um, carbon produced by airlines because uh, actually it's not the biggest issue. It's just an easy one for people to target. 
I think one of the things that um, is very, very important for airlines, and particularly those that are based in the UK or Europe, is that there has to be a level playing field. And if there is to be regulatory effort um, to improve the environmental impact that, that airlines have, it has to be a global effort. Otherwise, if we have things driven from Brussels that impact on only EU airlines, we will have an EU airline industry that, that is on its knees and that can't compete effectively with the rest of the world, particularly with America and Asia. So I think if things are going to happen, there has to be consensus from um, the world's major economies to tackle it as a level playing field and not to disadvantage some to the benefit of others.